I love those songs. Uh, one phrase that stuck out to me is constant in the trial. It's constant in the trial. His love is constant in the trial. That's the only thing we have that is constant. And uh, we're going to learn about that today when we look at Moses. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 23, and we'll go all the way to 29. Just mark your place there. Am I humming a little bit? Good? All right. Last week we studied Abraham and his faith, and uh, we discovered that he surrendered and he gave up much in his life in order to live by faith and be obedient to God. He gave up the comforts of his home and ultimately willing to give up his only son who he loved greatly. Abraham also, in the simplest form of explaining faith, trusted God's promises. That when God said something, he believed it. And he hung on every promise that God had made. And because he believed, God had credited Abraham righteousness. Which is a beautiful, promising picture that those who just believe that just put their faith in Jesus and trust His atoning sacrifice will be credited righteousness. And that's why Abraham is talked about in the New Testament so much. is because he was a man of faith. He was a man who believed. And God credited him righteousness. And those who put their faith and believe and God's Son, Jesus, would be credited righteousness. By grace, through faith, we are saved. Only by grace, through faith. It's a picture of redemption all throughout redemptive history, since the beginning to the end. God's grace, and we have the ability to place our faith in Him. But now we turn our eyes to Moses, another patriarch of the faith, whose life and his parents' life was full of tragedy and difficult circumstances. And we can see how Moses and his parents, in the midst of difficult trials and circumstances by faith, lived bold, fearless lives confident of things hoped for and assurance in things not yet seen. As we studied in the beginning of Hebrews chapter 11. What is faith? What's the description of faith? It's the assurance of things not yet seen. It's the confidence of things hoped for. And we see Moses have that kind of faith. So, may we look at their faith, not just marveling, remember, but be spurred on to good works, looking to Jesus, who is author and perfecter of our faith and our ultimate example. Let's not forget that when we read about these, these men of faith, let's not just marvel at them. Let's look at them and let's be encouraged. Let's be spurred on. Let's be set a fire in our hearts to be men and women of faith who live like these men and women of faith that's described here. So let's read in... Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 through 29. It says, By faith, 
Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather to enjoy, rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. That's a cool phrase. That's a very, very awesome phrase in the scriptures. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Because he was looking ahead to his reward. That's good. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the application of blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn, which is the angel of death, would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. And that's the word of God. So first we see, by faith, Moses' parents, in spite of horrible and fearful circumstances, was not afraid of the king's edict. So in the beginning of chapters of Exodus, we read about the king's edict. Pharaoh feared that because of Israel had grown in number, would be able to fight against the Egyptians and leave the country. So what did the king do? What's the solution? This is what he did. He made them slaves. He beat them. And he used them to build an empire for himself and to keep them there. But that wasn't enough. Their work, their labor, their slavery, it wasn't enough. He gave orders to all Egyptians to kill every Hebrew boy that was born. And it wasn't just a killing. It was a massacre. They threw the babies in the Nile River and drowned them. But then they said, let every girl live. The threat is to infant babies. We can't pass over this in the scripture and just say, oh, it was a tragedy. It was a shame. It was to infant boys, but it wasn't just to infant boys. It was to all who would disagree and try to hold their babies to, their, to themselves and, and as their own and protect them. And they would be killed as well. So let us not make light of this circumstance and just read on as if this is a light trial. Imagine with me just for a moment, just for one moment, those of you who have children, a leader demanding your child from you and taking your child knowingly and throwing it into water to drown. 
It's not light. It's not an easy trial. It's severe. But they had faith. How can you face such difficult trials? How? How can you face that? How can you look at death of your child right in the eye and not fear the king's evil? It's by faith. That is how powerful faith is in God. It is confidence in things not yet seen. It's assurance of things not yet seen. It's assurance of things hoped for. It is by faith that we can face such trials of this magnitude. And we will face trials in this life. But how do we face trials that are this difficult? It's only by faith. In the middle of all this, Moses was born, and his parents both did not fear the king's edict. They hid their son until they could not hide him anymore. And every day they had to conceal their baby boy. You could just imagine the baby wanting to cry with the fear of knowing that anybody could just walk by and hear the child come in and take it. But when they slept at night, it says that they didn't fear. That they did not fear the king's edict. How do how can they live in those days without fear of the king's edict? I believe that just as the Hebrew midwives, who were ordered to kill the boys, did not because they ultimately feared God. If you read in Exodus chapter one, verse seventeen, Pharaoh asked the midwives, the Hebrew midwives, for any boy who was born. That they gave, that they helped to give birth to, that they should kill him. But why did they not kill him? Why did they not follow the king's orders? It's because they feared God. That's what it says in Exodus 1.17. They had a faith that produced obedient lives because they feared the right authority and king. This word fear, it keeps coming up when we read through this, to fear God. Because you can't have people of faith without the fear of the Lord. When you truly fear God, who or what else is there to fear? There's nothing else greater than Him. He is the standard. He is the ultimate. And when we fear Him, there is no one or anything else to fear but Him. So what in life do you fear? What do you fear the most right now? Do you have a holy and proper fear of God? Do you fear God enough that when He commands 
you and us of something, that we do it no matter the cost, no matter the uncertainty, no matter the future, do you fear Him enough to obey Him? See, Moses' parents and the midwives in that day did. They did. And God blessed them. And what's funny, God gave the midwives families of their own and blessed them. And they increased in number, even more after the king's edict to kill infants. God blesses those who fears Him. That just doesn't seem right that the king would set an edict to make Israel less in number and then they grow in number even more. He blesses those who fear Him and make much of His name. It says also, by faith Moses did not fear the king's anger and left Egypt because he saw Him who is invisible. Verse 27 in chapter 11. So not only did parents uh, Moses' parents fear God, but also Moses feared God and did not fear Pharaoh. See, he had assurance about what we do not see. He saw Him who is invisible. Who is Him? God. The invisible God. He saw Him. How did He see Him if He's invisible? Faith. Faith gives sight to the blind. Our hearts, eyes are opened through faith. And he had confidence because he saw the one who is invisible. This leaving, it took faith for Moses to leave because he was leaving comforts of this worldly pleasures. Probably way greater than we experience today. Egypt had it all. They were rich. They had all the sinful pleasures of the world. We also see by faith Moses refused to be a part of Egyptian family and chose to be mistreated along with his people rather than enjoying the passing pleasures of the world. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ to be greater value than all treasures of Egypt. Because he looked forward to a great reward. Do you see the system? Do you see what's happening? It says, by faith, and then there's an action. Without an action, is faith real faith? As long as we've been reading Hebrews chapter 11, we don't see that kind of faith. We see a faith that produces obedient lives. And here we see the same thing where Moses left and he would rather be mistreated than to be along with his adopted parents. He would rather be mistreated like his, his people than to enjoy the passing pleasures of this world. This reminds me of what Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3. He says that whatever were gains, 
to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Worldly pleasure and self-righteousness is considered a garbage that Christ may be gained, that He may be known, and that ultimately we will be found in Him. Do you see the comparison made in Hebrews that the disgrace for Christ, for Moses, is greater value and worth than all the treasures of the world? The disgrace of Christ is greater than all the treasures of this world. That doesn't make sense outside of faith. That doesn't make sense to this world. That you would rather disgrace for Christ's sake rather than success and comforts of this world. It doesn't make sense. Is the comfort and success of the world greater than knowing Christ? Is your comfort and success in this world greater than knowing Christ? Where are your desires right now? Where was your desires this week? Is it of this world? Or of Christ and of the Spirit. Moses, he chose to be mistreated rather than enjoying the easiness of Egyptian lifestyle. You also have a choice. By faith, obey the commands of God, which may mean mistreatment or loss of comfort. But know this. It's way better. It's far greater to know Christ. It's far greater to know Christ and His reward than anything else in this world. It says, By faith Moses instituted the Passover by the application of blood so that the firstborn of Israel would not die from the angel of death. That's in verse 28. See, Moses, he trusted God. He trusted God's promise that if he applied the lamb's blood on the doorpost, that the angel of death would pass over and that the firstborns of Israel would be saved. What a picture. What a picture of love. The love of God for him to say, you make a blood sacrifice, I will pass over. And I will not kill the infants. I will not kill the firstborn. It's a beautiful picture of salvation. And just as Moses trusted the sacrifice of that lamb, so we must trust the blood of Jesus for our salvation. And them being freed from slavery, that's a picture as well. That we're not condemned and we're not chained by our own sin anymore. 
that we're free from sinful lives and that sinful lifestyle. We no longer have an excuse to live in sin because the blood has set us free. And if we're set free and bought with a price, God has called us to live holy lives pleasing unto Him. So, we need a perfect sacrifice just as Moses and the Israelites needed a perfect sacrifice. And we have that perfect sacrifice. And it came at a very costly, horrific price through Jesus Christ on the cross, shedding His blood, being ridiculed, mocked, spit on, thorns in His flesh, lashes, unrecognizable. That's the blood that sets us free. That's the blood that causes God to look at us and say righteous. Pass over our unrighteousness and give us His righteousness. That is grace. By faith, the people went through the Red Sea like dry land, but the Egyptians tried and were drowned. Verse 29. Wow. Do you see the faithfulness of God? The Egyptians, they drowned the newborns and God, He drowned them. That is God's wrath on people who are disobedient to Him. God, He won the victory for His people. And God ultimately will get the glory. The people of God, they live by faith, which produce people who take risk and are confident in the promises of God. Just as we see the people of God, Israel, have faith to walk through walls of water that at any time could collapse, walk through to the other side, and trust it that God was going to hold it. Just as they have put their faith in God to walk through, so we must put our faith in God. Moses is a great example of what it looks like to face trials, to look at difficult circumstances in the face, and have faith in God. And we all can have that type of faith. Because let me say something. Trials are going to come in your life. If you haven't faced any, it's going to come. It promises us that in the Scriptures. It says when trials come, not if. They will come. The question is, are you living by faith now? And will you continue to live by faith when trials will come? I don't want to make our trials small, but if we look in the Scriptures, these trials are very huge and significant. 
and they face them because they believed in the promises of God and that they had a greater reward waiting for them. Let's read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. As the band comes up. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart.